Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Wednesday's edition of Transformation Radio. Today we're going to start off with a little bit of Good Good Father, and then we're going to go into a little bit of Let It Rain. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased in that I never belong. Cause you're a good, good father That's who you are That's who you are That's who you are And I'm loved by you It's who I am It's who I am It's who I am And I've seen Many searching for It's who you are, and I'm loved. 
Clay going up to third phase, ready to work, ready to work hard, do a good work for the Lord. I love you guys. Uh, praise the Lord. And now as we begin to look into today's reading of the New Testament, it will come from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 through 20. Now earlier, Paul explained what to do with open immorality in the congregation. Here, he teaches how the congregation should handle smaller problems between believers. Society has set up a legal system where disagreements can be solved in courts. But Paul declared that disagreeing Christians should not have to go to a secular court to resolve their differences. As Christians, we have a Holy Spirit in the mind of Christ. So why should we turn to those who lack God's wisdom? Because of all that we've been given as believers... And because of the authority we will have in the future to judge the world and the angels, we should be able to deal with the disputes among ourselves today. Now, why did Paul say Christians should not take their disagreements to unbelievers in secular courts? Well, there are several reasons. Three I can think of right off the bat. Number one, uh, if the judge and jury are not Christians, well, they're unlikely to be sensitive to Christian values. And uh, number two... The basis for going to court is often revenge. This should never be a Christian's motive. And number three, lawsuits make the church look bad, pure and simple, causing unbelievers to focus on its problems rather than its purpose. We'll see as we read this passage today that in a permissive society, it's easy for Christians to overlook or tolerate some immoral behaviors, like greed, drunkenness, gossip, whatever while remaining outraged at others, like homosexuality, extortion. We cannot take part in sin or condone it in any way, nor should we be selective about what we condemn or excuse. Staying away from generally accepted sin is difficult, but it's no harder for us than it was for the Corinthians. God expects His followers in any age to hold up high standards. What did Paul mean when he said that our bodies belong to God? Many people say they have the right to do whatever they want with their own bodies, as if they're the owners. Although they think this is freedom, they're really enslaved to their own desires. When we become Christians, the Holy Spirit fills and lives in us. So, we no longer own our bodies. We have been bought with a price, and a high price. It refers to slaves purchased at auction. Christ's death freed us from sin, but it also obligates us to His service. If you live in a building owned by someone else, you don't violate the building rules. Because your body belongs to God, you must not violate His standards for living. And with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. August 10th, the New Testament. 
1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 through 20. When one of you has a dispute with another believer, how dare you file a lawsuit and ask a secular court to decide the matter instead of taking it to other believers? Don't you realize that someday we believers will judge the world? And since you are going to judge the world, can't you decide even these little things among yourselves? Don't you realize that we will judge angels? So you should surely be able to resolve ordinary disputes in this life. If you have legal disputes about such matters, why go to outside judges who are not respected by the church? I am saying this to shame you. Isn't there anyone in all the church who is wise enough to decide these issues? But instead, one believer sues another, right in front of unbelievers. Even to have such lawsuits with one another is a defeat for you. Why not just accept the injustice and leave it at that? Why not let yourselves be cheated? Instead, you yourselves are the ones who do wrong and cheat even your fellow believers. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, or who worship idols, or commit adultery, or are male prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or are abusive, or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that. But you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you, and even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say, food was made for the stomach, and the stomach for food. Now, this is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by His power, just as He raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never! And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say, the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. I dedicate to my brother Dustin Holbrook for his morning greetings. Let it rain. Let it rain. Feel the winds of your love, feel the wind.
reading in the book of Psalms for today will come from Psalms chapter 31, verses 9 through 18, where David describes the helplessness and hopelessness we feel when we are hated or rejected. But adversity is easier to accept when we recognize our true relationship with the sovereign God. Although our enemies may seem to have the upper hand, they are ultimately the helpless and hopeless ones. Those who know God will be victorious in the end. We can have courage today because God will preserve us. In saying, my future is in your hands, David was expressing his belief that all of life's circumstances are under God's control. Knowing that God loves us and cares for us enables us to keep steady in our faith no matter what our circumstances may be. Psalm chapter 31 Verses 9 through 18. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I'm in distress. Tears blur my eyes. My body and soul are withering away. I am dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Sin has drained my strength. I am wasting away from within. I am scorned by all my enemies and despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near me. When they see me on the street, they run the other way. I'm ignored as if I were dead. 
as if I were a broken pot. I have heard the many rumors about me, and I am surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life. But I am trusting you, O Lord, saying, You are my God. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. Let your favor shine on your servant. In your unfailing love, rescue me. Don't let me be disgraced, O Lord, for I call out to you for help. Let the wicked be disgraced. Let them lie silent in the grave. Silence their lying lips, those proud and arrogant lips that accuse the godly. Proverbs 21, verse 3. The Lord is more pleased when we do what is right and just than when we offer Him sacrifices. Hey everybody, this is Jonathan Engel. I'm going into phase two at the refuge. I'd like to encourage my brother Daniel to just keep hanging in there and fight the good fight. Love you guys. Bye.
for listening to today's edition of Transformation Radio. I hope it blessed you with everything that you've heard today and I would just like to pray us out today. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the lives that you've given us, Father. Father, I just thank you for the grace that you show us each and every day, just allowing us to have the peace of mind that we can be alive today and just have the friends that we have and the fellowship that we have with everybody. Father, I just thank you for all the blessings that you've given us, Father, and just allowing us just to have the life and have it abundantly, Father. Father, I just thank you for giving us that you are the way, Father. Father, I can't thank you enough just for everything that you do for me and this ministry, Father. Father, I just thank you for the people that you've placed in our lives. And today, Father, I just ask that we can have a good day at work or wherever we are going. Just safe travels to work. And today to just have a peace of mind that we are safe and we are loved by somebody like you, Father. Father, I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.